The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the animated series, episode Mud's Passion. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel is Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Why do you say panel? Did I say panel? It must be the increased mavity in the room. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's usually a panel. Uh, Father Corey can't be with us today, but... Uh, Who? We'll, uh, Father Corey. Who's that? <laughs> Oh, no, I'm in an alternate timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Just thought I'd have a little fun with the Mandela effect. (laughs) Yeah, poor Father Corey. He's been erased from existence. All because of the time war. (laughs) (laughs) And that's another show. But this time we're talking Mm -hmm. about Star Trek. Uh, Stick around to the end. We've got some listener feedback that we want to share to you. And I want to remind you to follow The Secrets of Star Trek in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app. Or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash StarQuest Media. We should also be sure to hit the bell to make to get notifications after you've subscribed. And another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy. If you enjoy this one, you'll love The Secrets of Stargate. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Stargate. So, uh, this is, here is Mud's Passion. Jimmy, can you give us a recap, which I'm sure will not be very long at all. <laughs> no, and it's, I'm amazed they got a show done on a children's Saturday morning television cartoon called Mud's Passion, <laughs> knowing who Harry Mud was and that his first, <laughs> first ever story on Star Trek involved space hookers, almost. Yes. Well, this week, Captain Kirk and the gang are heading to a planet to arrest Harry Mudd. He's currently selling a fake love potion to a group of heavy metal miners. And after being taken into custody, Mudd gives some of the potion to Nurse Chapel to use on Spock. She tries it, but Spock is a Vulcan, so it takes him time to respond. Meanwhile, Mudd kidnaps Chapel and escapes in a shuttlecraft to a nearby Class M world. The drug is also released into the ventilation system of the Enterprise, leading people to fall in love with each other. Kirk and Spock follow Chapel and Mud to the M-Class world, where they are menaced by giant rock creatures, but they use Mud's chemical to make them fall in love with each other and they escape. They've thus discovered that Mud's love potion really does work, but when they get back to the Enterprise, they find people acting like they have hangovers and being really cranky. It turns out that the love potion has a side effect. Sure, it makes you fall in love with for a while, but then it makes you really angry at the person. So, as Mr. Spock says, it's a few moments of love paid for by hours of hatred. The end. <laughs> so, your overall impression uh, of this one? It was there. <laughs> it was very cringy. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was it, like you said, it's odd that this got onto Saturday morning kids TV yeah. in the, in this form. They, 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 I mean, I've seen other things that were more eyebrow raising, like in an episode of Doctor Who from the early 1960s I watched or the mid 1960s. One character had a line recently, it was set in ancient Greece and had a line recently that was, 
something like, you make me feel as nervous as a, as a bacchanate at her first orgy. And I'm like, whoa, this is family <laughs> viewing in 1965. Um, but this wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it yeah. it's fallen in love and it's not like how they would mess that up today. It's, you know, it's okay. They explain that Harry Mudd's love potion works so you it comes in these little crystals you break open a crystal you rub it into your skin and then you touch somebody if the person you touch is of the same sex you become friends if the person you touch is of the opposite sex they fall in love with you and and that's as far as it goes yeah so you know you've got after it finally kicks in on mr spock he's like talking about christine as his his true love and stuff like that but that's as far as it goes so it's not over the line you know when it comes yeah. to what's acceptable for a family audience right and it is funny that there was a moment where kirk and spock are like they they've both been infected and they're like buddy buddy arm in arm like yeah. hey pal it was mm-hmm. kind of funny there um so uh mud is played by roger c carmel mm-hmm. returning for the third time as harry mud so they did bring back the original actor uh which is kind of funny uh a which is a distinction he only shares with two other actors in original series like guest actors um uh, mark lenard being one of them i forget who the third one was but uh, who oh, came back y- yeah but, but they're playing different characters here he's it's he's always playing harry mud uh, did Mark Leonard show up as Sarek more than once in the not original series? A, not in the original series. He also showed uh, up as a Romulan commander. Yes. And he also played a Klingon in the move, one of the movies, I think. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the, in, I think the motion picture, he was the yeah. Klingon of the doomed ship in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so they say that they're going to the Arcadian star system. And that, oh, just because play, we... Play recently, some Pac-Man. Yeah. Well, wasn't the, uh, the 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 taste of Armageddon star system, the Arcadian star system? I, oh, I don't pay attention to such things. Okay, it just I, because we just talked about it, I, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that, that sounds familiar. But uh, yeah, um, the the thing that kind of gets me though is, is the you know love potions in these in the early seventies mm-hmm. were cute and innocuous, and mm-hmm. today it's a creepy date rate drug. Yeah. <laughs> With my, enslaving people with a mind-altering chemical and it mm-hmm. it, it it comes across very differently today it yeah. certainly did um, uh, apparently yeah. apparently ethics courses that nurse chapel went through are very different than the ethics courses i've taken <laughs> regarding human research <laughs> yeah yeah she the fact that she went for it and that's the funny thing is, is to, to see you know how the events of strange new worlds have completely upended anything having to do with chapel and spock mm. and that sort of thing like this this sort of thing has been thrown out thrown out the window uh completely they do though well i don't know about that but they they uh, one thing they do is they do gesture in the direction of this what she's about to do is unethical um and she her initial reaction when mud gives her the crystals is i need to study these you know to figure out how the drug works and mud is like oh but studying them and subjecting them to tests will destroy their effect. You have to try it in person. And he pitches it as an experiment. And, okay, even then, informed consent. Mm. But they do gesture in the direction of she's not just so hot for Spock that she'll do this no matter what. She There has right. to be a process to get her into a position where she's willing to try this. 
I mean, you, you can see here, probably more than in any other of his appearances, where Harry Mudd really is a really good con man because he intuits pretty quickly mm-hmm. how much, you know, Chapel likes Spock. And, yeah. and, and he, and he really pushes it. So, um, in fact, in some ways, it reminds me of the, uh, the, the, the Rain Wilson Harry Mudd from mm-hmm. Discovery, who was much more sinister. Mm-hmm. than than the Roger C. Carmel. I know there's the there's the whole time loop episode with him where he repeatedly kills the Discovery crew over and over again <laughs> for fun. Yeah. Yeah. That that was uh that was an interesting incarnation of, of mud in that one. Uh and so uh you know th- this mud is kind of interesting in that way. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, there's another and this wasn't ever so far as I know, recorded, but um, there's another, you know, they they had in this time period, you know, the 70s, a series of Star Trek novels that they were producing, and Harry Mudd features in those. There's a whole novel. So the first Harry Mudd episode was Mudd's Women, which is about the the mail order brides, or if you mm-hmm. want to look at it another way, space hookers. Um, I prefer the mail order brides interpretation. Let's do that. <laughs> um, and then they had the Android one, I Mud. Yeah, and and now they have this Mud's Passion. There's also a, an early novel called Mud's Angels, which I, <laughs> I I I used to have it. I don't recall if I ever read it. But I assume it's in some way inspired by Charlie's Angels, which was a popular show at the time about a guy who was rich and had three beautiful, attractive detective female detectives working for him. Right. It it was um that's why I don't remember. I just looked it up. It it was later reprinted as Mud's Enterprise because hmm. uh either copyright reasons mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh but it it was actually just um basically an adaptation of the two episodes the live action episodes oh okay and then in a one original short story mm-hmm. a novella uh called the business as usual during altercations <laughs> okay which is kind of funny but yeah so That's, it wasn't anything new yeah, well it had a new novella except that yeah um i'm surprised though that they had it printed that way because i would think that that Mud's Women and iMud would have been part of the James Blish novelizations of the original episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, it doesn't say. I mean, I, I'm sure it would say in the uh, in the uh, in the more information mm-hmm. uh, on the on the wiki, wiki page, so people can go yeah. look it up on Memory Alpha. But um, yeah, I read a lot of those mm-hmm. James Blish ones, the original novels from that time. I was big into mm-hmm. Star Trek. Me too. At the time, yeah, um, I had hundreds of them. They they came out like every month at the time. Um, yeah, I didn't have hundreds, but I did <laughs> read some of the very earliest ones, including ones like Spock Must Die. Yep, yep. And Diane Duane's uh, early novels, like Wounded the Wounded Sky, were really good sci-fi. She had mm-hmm. some really good ones. So mm-hmm. there was some good stuff out there. Um, you can tell. So we're, speak, speaking of this episode, <laughs> I was going to say you can tell we're vamping for for time but uh, you go ahead speaking of this episode well so they show up on this planet at the beginning called motherload where there are heavy metal miners and unfortunately they don't like it's not musical heavy metal but (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't a thing yet um but this this planet motherload we're told does not recognize federation law so it's Mm. apparently not a federation member um and they have this like mob of unruly miners who who were there from different races, some of whom are very interesting, you know, to look at. They're not all 
familiar races, but they don't recognize Federation law, which is why Mud has come here to peddle his his love potion. And um, when the, when Kirk and Spock show up, he's like, "Ah, Captain Kirk and the ineluctable Mister Spock." And <laughs> okay, ineluctable means unavoidable. The unavoidable Mister Spock. Okay, <laughs> um, and he he has a demonstration because they can't stop him. You know, from yep. putting on his demonstration since there's no Federation law here. He 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 brings this beautiful girl out on stage. This is effectively a medicine show. And yeah. so he's going to show the miners how the love potion works, and then they can purchase it for, I think he said, like 300 credits a bottle or something, yeah. and go use it to to do love potion stuff with. And uh, so he brings this beautiful woman up on stage, and she is like, oh, and it's voiced by um, um, Major Barrett. Major Barrett. And it's like, yeah. oh, Harry, I've missed you, so I was so lonely for you, blah, 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 blah. And Spock just shoots the girl <laughs> and with a phaser. And it's like out of the blue, zap. And the uh the 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 girl turns into this hideous, weird looking creature, and we're told it's a Rigelian hypnoid that was projecting the illusion of being a beautiful woman. And so they use this to expose the con that Mud is doing as part of his medicine show. And at that point, the miners turn on Mud, and so that's how they get him taken into custody, is he now wants to go with them because Federation law is going to be kinder to him than what these miners are about to do. <laughs> Frontier justice. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I want to know is, how did Spock know that the woman was a Rigelian hypnoid? Because otherwise, yeah. if she wasn't, if he was just, if she's just some woman that Harry had used his love potion on, you just would have stunned a perfectly innocent woman. <laughs> it's just stunning. No way. You know, <laughs> they stun people unconscious all the time. Uh, yeah, it it was. And, and that's actually one of the scenes where I was like, wow, Saturday morning. Because she was like, Harry, come back to the shuttle. Like, mm -hmm. they're not going to go, you know, look at his etchings. You know what I mean? There's like, <laughs> there was some suggestion in that. I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty racy for Saturday morning. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's a trope in this, which is the trope of the con man's fake product that actually works. I mean, you see that. I mean, that's got to come out of like, like, um, Aesop's fables. I mean, it's, it's an old, old sort of trope where, uh, you, you know, the, the, I don't know if it's that old, but something along the lines of, you know, he's got this fake thing, this fake product, uh, fake magical device. I think that's, I've, I'm trying to remember what I'm, what the, what it's reminding me of, but there's one where there's like a, a fake magic thing that actually turns out to be magical. So there's mm. a fairy tale with that, wasn't there? I is forget there? what it is. I'm, I'm, I know I've seen tropes like yeah. this before. Ironically, so, you know, um, we often hear about snake oil being yeah. a fake product. And it's true that snake oil was sold at medicine shows. And medicine shows were notoriously corrupt. You know, you'd plant shills in the audience who would testify to the value of of your product that you were selling. Or they would appear to be suddenly cured when you give them a dose and things like that. At least that's how they're often presented in media. Um, in real life, there was a product known as snake oil. It was called Clark Stanley Snake Oil, mm. and it was sold as a health tonic. But the thing is, snake oil, uh, Clark Stanley Snake Oil, actually had ingredients with therapeutic effect. 
And so despite its reputation as the ultimate con patent medicine, yep. it actually could treat some conditions. Oh, funny, funny. Um, by the way, I found the, the reference about uh, Mark Lennard. It was also mm-hmm. Stanley Adams who played Cyrano Jones. It's not that he showed up three times. It's that they both appeared. Uh, the, the only three actors appeared in both the original series and the animated series. Ah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, we do, Mark Mark Leonard does appear as Sarek in the animated series, and Cyrano Jones does appear in the animated series. Right, right. And Harry Mudd and Cyrano Jones are so similar. Yeah, it, it was. I remember as a kid confusing them. So it, it, yeah. except Harry, except Cyrano Jones is more innocent and comedic, and Harry Mudd is more calculating and yes. comedic. Yes, yes. Um, so the and the uh, you mentioned there, the for, for people who may not remember Cyrano Jones is the traitor in the trouble with Tribbles who who introduces the Tribbles and causes all the problems. Yes, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the aliens; they're ursinoid, the, mm-hmm. apparently according bear, to the bear-like, bear, which I think is a really cool concept mm-hmm. for an alien species. I mean, that's sort of what a wiki is, but um, but something that's much more recognizably a bear because uh, mm-hmm. you know, we often have lizard aliens, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a bear-like alien would be uh, interesting. They should definitely bring them back uh, in Star Trek. Um, also, flying squirrel aliens. <laughs> that would be good. They, Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> yeah, they they have those in uh, in one of the uh, in one of the fleet of worlds novels by uh, Larry Niven and Michael Lerner. On fun, that would be interesting. Um, so. Uh, the, the watching the crew act like lovesick fools mm-hmm. is fun. Uh, Spock is it's interesting. I want to compare like the Leonard Nimoy uh, lovesick uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock and the um, Ethan um, Peck mm-hmm. lovesick emotional Spock mm-hmm. from the Strange New Worlds. It's interesting to compare and contrast those a little bit. But uh, uh, Spock was it was amusing to see him, you know, kind of. Uh, mooning over over her uh, over uh, Christine, and in fact um, demanding to be let de- go on the away mission to rescue her, which yeah is a ridiculous idea. But Kirk does point out, try and stop him. Like if yeah. anyone could 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 get by everybody, it would be Spock. So um, that that was that was interesting. Um, you have McCoy. No, he's single handedly kidnapped the Enterprise before. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, don't. Uh, he's like, I'll just go with him and keep an eye on him. Uh, McCoy is romancing a young crewman, you know, yeah. at one point, uh, boasting of how he's saved everybody at one point or another. Um, and Scotty S- and yep. Morass are, are yep. making eyes at each other mm-hmm. <laughs> across the bridge. Uh, that one was uh, amusing. You even have the transporter chief dancing with uh, another crewman <laughs> yeah. uh, to some jazzy Alexander Courage theme. So it is mm-hmm. the it is the Alexander Courage Star Trek theme, but it's all jazzied up. So it, it was it was kind of funny to watch. I, I probably intentionally. I think it, mm-hmm. it was was they were having fun with it. So uh, those were fun. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, when Love Pushing Number Nine wears off it does cause the opposite effect where they go from love to hate uh very very quickly um which is i don't know if that's a commentary on love in the modern age or not but uh <laughs> that that's how it how it ends up so um that's at least as long of a discussion as the runtime of the episode so yeah any other notes jimmy oh i thought the rock creatures were cool mm you know yes. they're they're different. One of them looks more like an alligator, and one of them has kind of three eyes. 
And they're they're cool looking giant rock creatures that almost crush Kirk rep- repeatedly. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, the yeah the that the three eyed rock creature kind of reminded me of a dune sandworm with arms. Hmm. If you want to picture it, if you haven't seen it, folks. But uh, okay. that's, that's what I thought of. But um, yeah. Uh, all right. So that's our discussion of Mud's passion. I did promise some feedback, so let's get to that. Our first feedback comes from our episode on Star Trek Insurrection. Hero Journalism on our YouTube channel writes, Actually, the Baku leader played McCormick in Hardcastle and McCormick. Classic veteran actor Brian Keith played Judge Hardcase Hardcastle, the judge that sentenced the criminal McCormick into fighting crime in a kick-ass car. Um, yeah, Father Corey had misidentified him as Hardcastle in that one. Um, Brian Keith, for folks who have been watching or listening to Secrets of Star Trek, was recently in uh, Deep Space Nine's Progress that we discussed a few episodes ago. Yeah, but to me, he'll always be Uncle Bill from Family Affair. That's right. <laughs> Mrs. Beasley was the doll, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they sold a lot of those Mrs. Beasley dolls. Oh, yeah. Merchandising. Merchandising. And then uh, on our episode, on the, the uh, TNG episode, The Big Goodbye, Brian, uh, one of our patrons on Patreon, writes, For The Big Goodbye, I'm sure many people emailed you, but Sam Spade was the detective in The Maltese Falcon, not Philip Marlowe. Both were Dashiell Hammett characters. They were so. both Dashiell Hammett characters, yeah. Yep. So uh, we stand corrected. Thank you both for those uh, corrections and the feedback. So now we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including John R., Ryan N., Colleen N., Tim M., and John P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and making a tax-deductible donation. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edited this episode. So that's it from us. What did you think of this animated series episode, Mud's Passion? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, send an email to trek at sqpn.com, or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch The Secrets of Star Trek on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia and leave a comment there. And we'll be back next time for our 300th episode. And we, have, we have something special planned for that. We're going to be discussing the best Star Trek episodes ever. Uh, so we're going to talk about our favorite episodes of each of the series. So until then, Jimmy Yakin, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Thank you and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember to quote Spock, That is an astoundingly stupid idea.